All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Casual Crypto Chat. That's the name we're sticking with for now. My name is Jude. I will be one of your hosts, and I'm joined today by Stuart. G'day, how's it going? So Stuart is the man behind everything that goes on on our live streams and videos. If you've seen any of our ads with the creatives, he's the gentleman behind everything, you know, the crisp videos. And um, yeah, so today he's going to be joining me and we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of topics. Um, but as you if you're here for the first time or if you're, you know, you're enjoying our new studio and if you've been here before, obviously, We've upgraded, so looks so uh, so much nicer. Yes, and and uh, we get to christen it uh, when Nadim is not here. So, so true. He was he wasn't happy. <laughs> he he actually wanted to record <laughs> before this so he could get to use it, but you know I guess uh, we won out instead. So, well, yes, the owner is ours. <laughs> cool. Um, so today uh, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of things. Uh, so one being what's happened recently in the markets, which is Celsius. Um, well, I wouldn't say going down, but looking like it might go down. And uh, three AC, that's three hours capital. And the situation that they've been having as well as, you know, what can an investor do to manage risk? in these times, especially um, with all the volatility and everything going on. So um, so do you like have any understanding or know exactly what's happened in the markets? Uh, well, for me personally, you know, it's hard not to <laughs> it's hard not to see what's going on in the in the markets. Um, my perspective is probably more optimistic than um, a lot of what the uh, the media is saying about what's happening in in crypto. Um, but uh, yes, yes, we're certainly in for a in for a ride. So how how are you optimistic? Um, well, I think it's similar to uh, if you were if you were with us last week and you saw um, Zach from TVI. Uh, he mentioned about the um, when. Uh, Say your favorite car goes on sale at at sixty percent, you'd uh, you'd go out and buy it. Um, but when Bitcoin goes on sale at at sixty percent, then people just freak out. Um, like you know, when when Porsche drops in price, people don't go running around saying, "Oh, Porsche is going out of business." They they go, "I'm going to get me one one of them." Uh, so yeah, I, I look at it that way, and uh, you know, I'm seeing the market drop, and I'm just gonna be like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just waiting, waiting to pounce on that, because we're probably not gonna see prices like this, um, <laughs> maybe, maybe again in our lifetime, or at least for for quite some time. Um, so yeah, I'm actually I'm actually quite excited to see it drop. I mean, I think the counter argument to that, like why some people are panicking is because they don't really understand what Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies are about. Right. And so it's it's almost like I've seen a lot of places where people talk about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency generally being a scam. Um, so like if you can't see the value in something and it's gone down in price, then obviously there's a there's going to be a negative reaction, right? Um, so some of the people who believe in Bitcoin, for example, see Bitcoin as Bitcoin. 
So like there's no, like one Bitcoin is equal to one Bitcoin. It's not equal to $60,000 or $20,000 or whatever it is. And so the, you know, the way some people look at it, those who are excited right now, is they, it, from their own perspective and understanding of what the value of Bitcoin is, they evaluate the situation and say, hey, is Bitcoin still as valuable as I think it is? And if the answer is yes, if it's going down in price, it's seen as a discount, right? Because even if you're saying your favorite car, your favorite car might be, you know, um, going on discount, but then you might have like newer models coming out. Mm -hmm. So it's like, would you go for your favorite car when there's something better? You know what I mean? That's the, that is the argument, or let me say the way people should be looking at things. I'm obviously not referring to Bitcoin because personally, I believe Bitcoin is like the most valuable cryptocurrency, but like in the event, like, uh, let's say what happened with Luna and Luna was losing value, right? Somebody who looked at that situation, some people might say, Hey, Luna is going down. I think they're going to recover. You know, there's still value here to be had. I'm going to put my money in to make more money, but obviously we saw what happened with Luna versus if they put their money in Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, there, I think there are different ways that um, people can look at the situation based on what you're saying anyways. But um, beyond that, um, <clears throat> how about the Celsius situation um, and what happened with them? For a full disclaimer, I actually have, I had some cryptocurrency in, in Celsius. It wasn't much. Um, but, um, you know, with the whole situation that happened with them and some of the information that's been coming out right now, uh, definitely looks like they, uh, had, they took some very risky bets, it seems like. And so for those who don't understand the way cryptocurrency, like, let me say some of these DeFi platforms work, especially those who offer very high um, rewards for, you know, locking up your crypto on their platforms. Um, what they do a lot of times is they obviously take high risks to give you high returns and then they keep some of the, you know, interest, whatever it is that's been generated from the cryptocurrency. And so in the case of Celsius, what had happened is they were, um, people who had locked up ETH on their platform, they took some of that money they put it on a protocol called Lido. Mm -hmm. And when you lock up Ethereum on Lido, you get something back called staked ETH. Ideally, staked ETH is supposed to, sorry, SDE, yeah, staked ETH, is supposed to be like a one-to-one -one ratio to Ethereum, meaning that you can, you know, trade one staked ETH for Ethereum only after the Ethereum merge has taken place. So that's what people call ETH 2.0, which is technically not ETH 2.0, just that they're moving from a proof of work protocol to a proof of stake protocol now. And the issue is if you lock up your, your Ethereum, on, if you stake your Ethereum, you are not able to redraw your Ethereum until they finish the merge, right? And so part of what the issue was like staked ETH depegged. So it wasn't, it was no longer trading at that one-to-one -one ratio. And so some people, and then not only did it the peg, um, the price of Ethereum, I think fell by like 40% or more. And so a lot of people wanted to 
you know, get their Ethereum back. But it seems like Celsius had actually staked about 80% of the Ethereum. Okay. But I mean, people can't, people can't, um, people can't get out of the, the, the staked ETH anyway. Right. Yeah, but they, they, they didn't know that. So like, it's like you, so the unfortunate thing was that in the terms and conditions that Celsius had, apparently you were lending your cell, your uh, cryptocurrency to Celsius. So okay. it was not like a bank where you're depositing your money, you know, but it was more like you were lending your money to them. And so they could technically do whatever they wanted to with the money to generate interest back. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So um, people weren't exactly staking. They didn't know what like um, Celsius was doing to generate that interest. Because the difference between like a DeFi protocol and CFI protocol, which is centralized finance, is there's not a lot of transparency, just like a bank. So whatever they're doing in the background, you have no clue, right? And mm -hmm. so they would take that thing to stake it. So here's, here's what happened, which is very crazy. So Lido Finance, when you stake your ETH, you get 4% back. But I think, if, um, I think what's their name? Um, Celsius was promising like 6 to 7%, which was like really, really high. So what they were doing was that they would stake the ETH on Lido Finance, take that staked ETH and go somewhere else to get a um, to borrow money, borrow stable coins that they would then take to go get yields somewhere else, and so you know that was like how they were generating that excess interest to give to people. Um, but anyways, yeah. <clears throat> so people obviously didn't know what's happening with that. So you think, okay, you have your ETH on the platform. When you want to take it back, you just go and say, hey, I want my ETH back, and you get it back. But unfortunately, that's not the case because they didn't have enough ETH for people who actually wanted their um, ETH back from Celsius. Okay. And so they just freezed up everything? Yeah. So they just like, hey, we don't have any more ETH to give. And so they like withheld um, withdrawals. Is, so, is that like specifically just for ETH or the whole? I mean, it was everything because they're promising interest to people. And, you know, one of the things is, as they say, when something's too good to be true, tech, you know, sometimes it always is, not every time. Um, but in this case, they were promising like really high interest compared to everybody else, meaning that they're obviously taking more risks with people's, you know, cryptocurrency. And so when the markets were going down, I think I think part of the issue here, what happened with Luna and what what what's happened with Celsius is the myth of huddling was broken. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's what I think happened. Right. Because like Celsius had like a mode on their platform that if you wanted to earn interest, you needed to click a button that was called the huddle mode. Oh, right. Right. Okay. So like they believed somehow very naively that cryptocurrency investors are different. And so with, with like um, with Luna, the belief was that people were going to act like rationally and take advantage of like the arbitrage to, you know, restore the system rather than taking their money out of the system. Because the way it worked was, I think you'd have to, when the price of um, USD depegged, you're supposed to burn Luna to raise the price of USD. And when USD you know, goes higher, rather, um, you're supposed to burn USD and you raise the price of Luna 
essentially, right? So they were assuming that people are going to be rational. But what happened was when there was that destabilization, people were selling and pulling out their money, which was not the <laughs> rational thing to do. Because if everybody had remained rational and done what the mechanism said you know, should be done, things would have stabilized, right? Yeah. And so that's the issue, I think. So like Ethereum's down, people are panicking, they want to sell, you want to take your, the Ethereum off the platform or they want to sell it. And then it's like, they're shocked. Like they didn't expect people to actually want their cryptocurrency back. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that's what happened. And it's, and it's very, seems very naive in my mind. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the risks people take. So, yeah. Well. Um, yeah, and I guess it was very similar as well to 3AC Capital, um, where they were um, also over leveraged. Um, they were borrowing money and leveraging uh, that money. And I, I don't know, I was reading um, an article that um, Christian sent um, to our new our crypto news group, um, and it was talking about how you know the the whole financial system works, where you have debt so people you know borrow money and then they um go use that money on leverage to make more money and so that's what happened with like three hours capital and unfortunately for them like what happens is that when your collateral goes down in value the lender says hey your collateral has gone down in value you need to give me more collateral to balance things out or i'm gonna like liquidate you to get my some of my money back and so they didn't have anything to give and they got liquidated. So a lot of people have been, a lot of platforms have come out and said that they liquidated um, three hours capital just so they could get something back, but they all say they lost money. And so they're gonna sue three hours capital. And unfortunately, none of the founders have been heard from. Wow, Yeah. okay. I think, I think they were like on Twitter and then I think from like June 7th or something, they stopped like tweeting. <laughs> okay. So three three arrows capital is a is an exchange. It's not an exchange. It's, a, it's more like a how do I call it? I don't know. Was it like a a head fund sort of? I, I think that's what they were. So they weren't like an exchange. So what they were they only just like traded crypto. So like they would, they would buy and sell on leverage to make money on crypto. And I think in some cases they actually invested in different protocols. Um, for example, they had invested like $560 million into Luna. And when Luna went to zero, that's worth $670. <laughs> I like that sounds so ridiculous. Like you invested all that money in 670 bucks, like, down. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that's that's what they wear essentially. And so one of the things that uh, we've come to see is, you know, cryptocurrency um, with all, yeah, I mean, there's a way they were doing stuff that was just like very funny and it was like an infinite money printing machine essentially and it crashed. Um, in the bull run, people made a lot of money from that process. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, but like in the, in the in the bear market seems to be, you know, what's causing everybody to have issues essentially um yeah so it's a phrase that we have where i come from that says you know so like when you have situations like that when somebody sneezes everybody catches a cold <laughs> yeah so <clears throat> that's the situation mm, very good 
Yeah. Uh, Jude, Jude is very good on fundamental analysis. Uh, he spends all his time <laughs> reading up about articles and coins and things. Uh, my background is more on technical analysis. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of how we complement each other, I suppose, or, you know. FYI, he just made like, you know, good amount of change shorting the market so i was actually going to ask you know you um because we're having a conversation and you seem to be such a fan of technical analysis and to the point that i don't know if you're invested in any cryptocurrency which i find to be very strange for someone who claims to believe in crypto uh but you know what is the rationale behind you and you know your love for technical analysis and just you know trading in and out of coins. Okay. Well, it's, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, designers are like, um, uh, like, um, like an artist and, and charting is like an art, although they call it charting is also a science. And so there's a, there's a balance there. Um, but I, I think everyone, everyone who, who charts is like an artist. It's, it's drawing lines, it's predictions, it's, um, creating basically if you, if you do it well and your prediction results, it's, it's kind of like a thing that's quite beautiful, like a symphony orchestra <laughs> that just works well and flows through. And then you nail that target. There's a really, you know, there's not, there's nothing like that feeling where you hit that, that point there. Um, so from a, from a creative from a creative viewpoint, I love the art of technical analysis. And so, like, um, why why do you not like buy cryptocurrencies? Then, is it just like you 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 don't trust the currencies, or like what exactly is it? Or do you feel like there's more money to be made doing trades versus holding for the long term? Like, is that the rationale behind it? Like, you're like, okay, if I can get in and out, you know. Maybe on leverage trades, I make 10x, 100x from this thing versus I buy and I have to wait for like four or five years until I get like a return on my investment. Firstly, it's the, I guess, I guess you can look at the whole leverage thing and say if you invest everything you have into a certain currency and then two years from now it pays off and you have 100k, it's like, all right, I've waited two years for a hundred K it's like, it's not enough. Um, even if you, even if you double it like 200 K over a couple of years, it's like, yeah, that's nice. But you know, it's, it's not enough. It's not like world changing money. And even, even you can go up with a hive like, oh yeah, I made a million bucks. It's like, yeah, it's not enough. <laughs> but oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it, well, it's not enough to, it's not enough to make a difference. You know, One million dollars is not enough to make a difference. Yeah, well, how long? Uh, the thing is, how long does it take you to get there? So yeah, so so essentially, what you're saying is, the time is the issue. So it's not that one million dollars is not enough. Is that if it takes you ten years to save up and invest, hold for the long term, and get it, versus if you did a trade and maybe in a matter of like maybe six months you make that same amount of money. So technical analysis for you is like a way to accelerate the gains from investing. I mean, through technical analysis, you can also do long-term technical analysis. 
and look at it like, oh yeah, you know, 10 years from now, this is going to be pretty good. So I'm going to put my money away and just hold it for, for 10 years. The, the issue I have with buy and hold is there was a coin, can we mention coin? We can mention coins and all that here, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can, we can mention yeah. coins. Um, just again, an FYI, I know we didn't start with this disclaimer in the beginning. <laughs> this is not financial advice. Um, we're just, you know, sharing our own, um, would I say, opinions. And you should always do your own research on how you're gonna invest. Um, our hope with, you know, our chats that we have on this channel is that it's going to be sort of like a starting point or something that, you know, motivates you to go out and do your own research uh, in a much better way. So that's what we're doing here. So feel free. Um, just nobody, I guess, go buy the coin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I wouldn't recommend anybody do what I do. Um, I, I sort of um, I, I have my own rule set that I make. And I never follow my own rules. <laughs> I, I actually break my rules more than I follow them. Um, uh, this is what Nadim says about having discipline. When you have rules, <laughs> the key to success is to follow your rules. <laughs> yeah, so not very good at doing that. Um, but there is, um, there is one stage where I was into, into buy and hold, or um, I would say, I would say, my decision was based more on fundamental analysis, mm. which is why I personally don't really put that much weight in fundamental analysis. This is where I disagree with Jude on. Wow. And, uh, you know, we can have some good discussions. On, this is the first time, time I'm hearing this, actually. So I think we're, you know, we're not going to have, we're going to have the discussion now. Like we need to have, have it now. <laughs> All right. So there's this coin called Cardano. And uh, it's, uh, it's a very popular coin. You probably have heard of it if you've been in crypto for a while. Um, and so Cardano used to be a very hard coin to get. Um, you couldn't really get it on every platform. Uh, it was only select platforms that kind of had it. Um, but it had a very extensive infrastructure in um, Africa, I believe. Yeah. Um, so they've, they, put, uh, they put a lot of infrastructure there. They're very big um, and they're just trying to kind of expand it. In the price that I believe now, it is undervalued. Actually, most, most cryptocurrency, I believe, is, is undervalued, which is why a lot of people buy and hold, because when people suddenly realize the value, it's all, it's all going to go up to where it needs to be. So um, even, even, at the, even at the all-time high before, I think it was still undervalued. It's <laughs> He's telling you to hold why he doesn't believe in holding. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the amount of times that I break my own rules. But <laughs> anyway, the point is, um, Cordano was being released on a certain exchange uh, in America. Um, I think I think it's America's most popular exchange. They were going to list this coin, um, Cardano, and um, and those of you who are around at that point of time in crypto. Uh, would have known it was a pretty big thing because Cardano is finally coming to this exchange. And historically, whenever a coin is listed on this certain exchange, you see the price of it just skyrocket because suddenly, oh, it's available for the mainstream. Everyone buys it and then it just jumps up. And then I'd be watching and be like, why did this coin suddenly just jump up like a thousand percent? And it's like, oh, Coinbase, they listed it. 
That's why. Oh, mm. I probably shouldn't have said the exchange. I've said it now. It's too late. <laughs> why, why do I don't think there's anything wrong to say Coinbase. <laughs> yeah, well, technically not. It's it's not. I'm not dissing Coinbase or anything. Uh, they, but they, it's a crappy exchange for Australians, anyways. Just saying facts. <laughs> I, I I used to use Coinbase uh, when I first got into crypto as well. It was the worst experience ever. Really? Yeah. Like for example, the daily. Um, limits you have i had like a limit of like 350 dollars i think for like a for one week and i couldn't deposit more than 150 dollars a day or something random like it, there were so many restrictions that were just like really annoying um and you can't even sell your cryptocurrency you can only swap oh on coinbase okay. yeah in australia anyway so it was, it was a very terrible experience well yeah anyway good thing we have so, some yeah so they suck <laughs> Anyways, I <was> just saying <laughs> we do have good exchanges here in Australia, by the way. Yeah, you know um, the names right there. <laughs> um, okay, so everyone knew that Cardano was going to be listed on Coinbase, and um, it's like, oh yeah, you know, this it's such a massive coin, this is such a big thing, and and I'm like, oh okay, so I sold out of all my positions and put everything into Cardano. Because it's going to go up a thousand percent, just like every other coin does when it gets listed on the Coinbase. But the moment it got listed on Coinbase, I saw that thing just plunge down the <laughs> toilet. It dumped. And it dumped like 11% in, in less than a day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I pulled out of everything just to go, like, to get into this. And then I'm like... Really? Is it really going to the moon? Is it really going to? Is it, yeah, 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 it is. It is. Just hold on. Just, oh, okay, okay. And I did some technical analysis on it. It's like, it looks pretty definitely like it's going down. But okay, I'll just listen to what everyone else says. It's going back up. And then, no, it didn't. It dropped a further. It dropped a further like 33%. Ooh. And I was like, oh. Okay, I had predicted the drop, but the fundamental analysis, everyone's going, it's going to jump up to the moon. And historically, it should have. Fundamentally, if you look at, if you look at the, the record of the coins that were released on Coinbase, I, I they think, do go up. I think, I think you're, I think you're, you know, um, I think what you're doing is is not that was not fundamental analysis. <laughs> that was just you're looking at um, the history of um, listings on Coinbase and and trying to predict what would happen. And as they say, past events aren't predictors of future events. Now the difference is like when you're doing fundamental analysis, part of what you look at is also what's called the tokenomics, right? That's the token economics. And what you find a lot of times is a lot of coins, when they're released, some are given to investors, some are held by the foundation, some are released to the public, and then some are maybe kept in some kind of community treasury or whatever it is, depending on however the um, cryptocurrency wants to organize that situation. And so part of what happens with this, these coins is that they have what's called a vesting schedule, right? So a vesting schedule is the time which the foundation, the investors, you know, any other party who has the coin at the point of the initial offering of the coin, that's the ICO, can't, they can't sell. 
that coin. Okay. Right. And so what tends to happen a lot of times is that once that schedule, once that timeline has passed and, you know, the, they call it vesting, the vesting schedule has, you know, passed. Sometimes investors want to get their money back. And so they sell. So maybe from your analysis, you had seen with the technical analysis of a scene, something was going to happen. So if you had done the fundamental analysis and seen that situation and you knew, okay, the vesting schedule is up, you could also predict that, hey, maybe these guys want to sell to make money. And so that's what your technical analysis showed you. But if you had done the fundamental analysis, you would have probably been able to see as well that there is a situation that could likely lead to more supply of the coin coming onto the market and that way it would cause you know a downward pressure on the price okay so yeah I didn't, didn't do so you, did, you didn't do fundamental analysis you just <laughs> looked properly yeah so <laughs> i think i think yeah so that's the thing like for me fundamental analysis is more like when you looked at cardano you did your research you looked at tokenomics you looked at like the technology you looked at who the founders are which is very important you know, especially with Luna and what happened with Luna, with Doquan, and now the things that are coming out, uh, the way he was so arrogant and treated people, you could definitely probably see that, you know, uh, he wasn't maybe the best kind of person to bet your money on. Uh, but notwithstanding, um, you look at the founder of Cardano, Charles Hutchinson, I think is his name. Um, and, you know, his caliber the way he's managing the project, the fact that it's like a peer-reviewed cryptocurrency, meaning they write white papers and it's reviewed by a community of you know scientists and professors and a whole bunch of other people uh, to validate you know their understanding, their technology, whatever it is before they make releases. <clears throat> so it's currently seen as I think one of the most secure cryptocurrencies. No, but uh, I don't hold Cardano, FYI. I don't necessarily believe in Cardano. FYI, I'm not saying anybody should invest in Cardano. Please do your research. But my point is, you know, if you did your fundamental analysis, you would have been able to determine if it was something, because typically fundamental analysis is more like you want to hold something for the long term, right? And technical analysis also lets you know what the what the price, you know, situation might be over a certain period of time. So if you wanted to get into Cardano and you've done your fundamental analysis and you said, hey, this is something I want to hold, you looked at the charts and you saw, okay, this coin was going to drop at a certain price, then you'd probably say, you know what, I'm going to wait until it gets to this bottom price and then I'm going to get in for the long term, right? Versus maybe you got in, it dropped by whatever <laughs> percent, but it may, I don't know if it went up eventually. Um, yes, it it. It did. It took three months for it to get back to that price. And while I was watching other coins have their <laughs> go to the moon, which is one of the most painful things, because I, I, because I don't generally I don't sell at a loss. Um, so it's like okay, um, I mean, it, not not the case with every coin, but in most of the top coins. Oh well, Luna was a top coin at one stage. Okay, so I can't say anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> the general idea is uh, all crypto is undervalued and eventually it will get up back to where you purchased if you messed up. And so I was like, okay, I had the conviction that I just, I'm, I'm not going to sell at a loss. Um, but I was left holding the bag for three months 
when my other technical analysis and other coins were showing coins were going to the moon, I was missing out because I'd gone all in to Cardano. So lesson uh, learned about going. So Cardano burnt you, and so he decided not to buy any cryptocurrency. <laughs> wow, this is the first time I'm hearing that story. I actually didn't know that's why you're such a believer. <laughs> Well, you know, past experiences and stuff. Yeah, but past experiences, again, is not predictor of the future, right? Like, I didn't get into investing until late in life because <clears throat> I had seen my parents be burnt when they made, like, terrible investments. They hadn't done their own research, didn't understand, like, the investments that they were getting into, and they got burnt. And so for me, I was always scared of investing because I always thought, oh, if you invest, you're always going to get burnt. But I had to learn, research, and understand that there are ways to do things and invest the right way to get returns versus depending on third-party information, which it seems like you did in this instance of not trusting your own research and technical analysis um, to actually you know, get the results that you want to get while you invest. Um, so yeah, I would say a combination of fundamental and technical analysis is, you know, the best way to go for somebody who has the time to learn technical analysis. I believe everybody should learn. I am learning technical analysis, um, but obviously everybody should start from fundamental analysis. And I think we're talking a little bit yesterday about this. Um, and I think one of the reasons why people don't take the time to do fundamental analysis and they essentially just listen to third parties and they FOMO into things. And so part of the reason I believe that happens, because I felt the same way when I when I bought Luna, <clears throat> I um, didn't do my research. I have some YouTube channels that I listen to and they were talking about, hey, Luna is going to the moon. And, you know, every almost like every week during the bull run, the price of Luna was just like reaching all time highs. You know, it was going up and going up and going up. I was like, oh my God. And I put my money into Luna. Now, eventually I got to find out that Luna was an algorithmic stable coin. And I also found out that no algorithmic stable coin had ever been successful. Every single one of them had gone to zero, all of them. And even though Doquan came in and was marketing Luna as something different. If I had done my own fundamental analysis and seen that that was the case, I would know that he was not offering anything new, right? And so that's what I think. And, and if I had taken that time, obviously I wouldn't have lost money on Luna because I would know this was a wrong investment to make. But then the issue I think is that people look at it from a perspective of if I don't get in now, I'm going to miss out on the gains versus if I take my time to do my own research and really understand what I'm getting into, then I could one, avoid losing money or two, you know, have more confidence in what I'm investing in. And at the same time, I think based on the understanding of the situation, um, one would be able to say, um, like if, so, if something changes, because so here's my understanding about risk analysis, right? So risk analysis is when you consider all the factors 
that could change the desired outcome of an investment, right? So for example, with Luna, if the currency depegs and people, instead of you know doing the um, arbitrage mechanism of burning Luna to print more UST to get it back to its peg, and they were instead withdrawing money from the protocol, it would lead to the protocol crashing, which is what's called the debt spiral. And that's what happened with Luna. Yep. Now, if I had done my research, I understood that kind of a situation and I see, hey, something's happening and it's looking like a debt spiral might occur, I would pull out my money and at least get something back. But when you don't understand that that's you know, what, what happens to an algorithmic stable coin, you see it happening and you're thinking, oh, it's gonna come back. Because a lot of people are saying, oh, hold strong, huddle, huddle, it's going to come back, you know, that kind of a thing. But it never did. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. if, if you haven't seen my shirt on huddling is a lie, <laughs> you should check it out. <laughs> <It's a good laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, I think that that is the important thing. When you do your when you do fundamental analysis, you're not only trying to look at like reasons why something might be successful. You're also trying to take into account information that you know might that is contrary to you know your beliefs or whatever it is so if you think something's bad and you're doing some research also try to look at like any positive information that might be out there and vice versa um, and then you create like a body of research that you know or like you said rules or whatever it is that you have they say okay you know what like this risk is so high that if i see this happening i'm going to pull out my money Right. And if something else happens that you've considered that you don't see to be like a major risk and it happens, you're just going to be like, whatever, I've you know done my research. It's not a big deal. Everything's fine. Or you might say, hey, this has happened. People are panicking. The price has gone down. It's at a discount. I need to put more money into this investment because you've done that research. Right. So it's it's um, yeah. But again, technical analysis could also tell you. You know, maybe it's going down. Now it's not the best time to put your money. It might go down another like 10, 15%. Then I can put my money into the situation and get more gains versus buying. And then it goes further down. And you're like, oh my God, I could have bought, you know, at a lower price, which always happens if you don't know technical analysis. Um, but again, it depends. For most people, you do fundamental analysis, you dollar cross average. I think you should be fine. But yeah. Okay. <clears throat> there we go. <laughs> very different opinions i hope i've been able to convince you and not confuse you to you that you should also be doing fundamental analysis combined with your technical analysis oh. um or are you going to stick to <laughs> fundamental are you going to stick to you know the technical analysis only well i mean i i guess fundamental analysis does have its uses <laughs> Um, oh, well, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I thought I had done fundamental analysis on Cardano, looking up its, you know, Price. infrastructure yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I thought, yeah, I thought that was fundamental analysis. I mean, it was because like you said, the price went up eventually. Maybe it was just the pressure that came from people selling the tokens or the coins that caused it to go down. And eventually it came back up to its former price and probably went even higher. But again, you know, I think the other thing as well is we, as humans, we tend to be, um, 
filled the losses more than the gains. And so even if you had held Cardano, maybe 2x or 3x or whatever from that point, and you made some money, you would also, you'd always be like, I could have bought this other coin and made even more money. <laughs> so there's no satisfaction, <laughs> which is n not a good thing um, because, you know, uh, we can't, we don't have a crystal ball and we can't see the future and things like that. I think we should be grateful for when we have gains. Um, but yeah, maybe that's part of what the situation was. And that's why you only do technical analysis. <laughs> really, it depends on your style of trading and your personality. If you can put crypto away and then not look at it for a number of years, then you would be able to probably get some good returns on that. Uh, if you're checking it every day, like I do, um, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, if I see it dropping, I'm not going to sell at a loss, but I'm going to put a buy point lower to where I predict it will fall. See, I, even now, I believe we have not finished falling, even though Bitcoin's on sale and it's a great time to buy. And no matter what time you buy around this time is going to end up awesome in a few years time. I still think it's going to go lower. So I'm holding off for that. But um, there's actually one example that worked for me where um, I had installed MetaMask and it wasn't widely used back then. And um, I'd put like 20 bucks of ETH in it um, just to see how it worked. Um, I wasn't able to purchase anything with it because of gas fees or something. And I didn't really understand about that. So I just let it sit. Um, and then sometime later, uh, MetaMask got pretty popular and I was like, oh, I've got an old MetaMask account somewhere, opened it up. Uh, my 20 bucks of ETH was worth about 150 bucks. So I was like, okay, buying and holding does actually work if you do it properly. Well, you got it at a great price. I mean, think about people that got in early on Bitcoin or got in early on Ethereum, like they definitely... Um, got in at like really great prices that even now they're still like positive, <laughs> right? So even yeah. if it was low, they're probably yeah. not panicking. But somebody who got in like during the bull run, 3K Ethereum, I think it was, or is it what, 22K or something like that? Um, and then that's like dropped to 1,000 is obviously feeling, they're going to be feeling uh, worse off than somebody who got in early. So. Uh, but again, as I think we said earlier, I think it's important for people to remember that uh, the past is not a predictor of the future. I think that's very important to remember. And if you look at some of the past bull runs, a coin like Litecoin seemed to be in the top, I think, 10. Um, and then after the previous um, bear market, it never took off in the bull market. Really? Yeah, it never did. So people who were accumulating, hoping that it was going to go up, well, it didn't. And then now that, you know, we're in a bear market, it's probably falling even more. Well, that explains it. I do remember Litecoin being like number three. Yeah, it was. And, uh, yeah, it was It was up there. It was, it was even number two at one stage, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was pretty big. I, I don't know. I mean, I got in, I didn't get in, uh, you know, early into crypto, but um, based on the research I did, um, and so that was like a lesson uh, for a lot of people. Why I talk about, you know, doing your fundamental analysis, especially now in this time, do not believe that everything is on a discount. Things might just be 
you know, being um, getting what they deserve, essentially. And they're probably never going to come back, you know, because right now maybe there's a new cryptocurrency out there building something that's very interesting um, that's probably going to pop off in the next bull run. And so investing in something else, believing that it's going to go up. Because, like, I felt the same way even with, like, Luna. If I'm, not, if I'm being honest, <clears throat> I felt the same way when Luna was going down. I thought, hey, the previous all-time high was, like, 180. Maybe I should put some money. Thankfully, I didn't. Um, but, you know, that was the belief, I'm sure, of a lot of people who saw prices going down and who are seeing prices go down right now. Um, they probably believe that it's, that's going to be the case. It's going to rebound. But you should always do your own research. This is why I advocate for fundamental analysis. Um, it takes time, obviously, um, but you gain expertise and you're able to at least come up with a plan that you can always look to. So even like right now, you're accumulating some coin. You you know you've done your research. You notice something might be happening based on your analysis, and you're like, hey, yeah, I need to pull out. Is better for you to pull out um, if your research or your analysis says you should than to hold it, hoping that it's going to go back up, and you can probably find something that would, you know, might be better and would do well in the next bull run. So that's my own advice for people. Um, if you learn technical technical analysis, that's a huge bonus, and you can always, you know, time or at least um, determine a better price to get in and make even more gains. All righty. So, all right, that's it from us. Um, hopefully, we'll see you next time. Um, we're going to be talking about taxes, uh, crypto taxes in our next conversation. So, you know, tune in for that. We're going to have a tax es expert join us and um, give us information on what we should be doing to prepare for the end of financial year. All right, that's it from us, and we'll see you next time. All right, see you guys later. Peace.